This is Dolly Duran, and you're listening to Wake Up and Be Awesome podcast. Thanks for tuning in. The goal of this podcast is to promote ideas that inspire so we may learn together in an overall pursuit of making this world a better place. My guest today is Tanya Evans. Tanya is an image consultant and lifestyle coach whose specialty lies in helping female entrepreneurs and executives to confidently command the stage with powerful style and branding. She specializes in helping women who want to prepare for TED Talks and other stage experiences so they become on-demand authorities while rapidly growing their income. She has been featured on ABC, NBC, and several magazines and other media. Tanya, welcome to the, to the podcast. podcast. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad we can finally get this scheduled. Yeah, definitely. So Tanya, you're an image consultant. Why don't you tell our listeners exactly what that means? Well, image consultant, image consulting is really about presenting your best self when you step out of the door, whether you're a a mom or an executive or an entrepreneur, it's really what I call your personal billboard, right? So as soon as someone sees you, there's been lots of research that shows that in five seconds, they start making assumptions about, you know, your socioeconomic level, your educational level and other things. So the way you present, the way you dress, that's really honing that image consulting so you put your best face and, and output forward. Great. So, I mean, it's not just about clothing. It's sort of like the, the total package. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, definitely. And um, one of the things I tell people is it's definitely not about shopping, right, it, or fashion. It's about creating a look and a part of your, a huge part of your personal brand, again, especially if you're an entrepreneur, that you present to the world. So it's making sure that, you know, the first thing I do with my clients is really make sure that we're creating a an image and a look that works with their lifestyle, something they're going to be comfortable in, something they're going to feel, feel confident in. And um, that, you know, that really ups their confidence and up levels them across presenting, across going for that job, going in and asking, asking their boss for that uh, salary increase, all of those things. You know, you feel more, you look your best, you really feel, you need that extra boost you need to really go for your dreams. Okay, so it's also about, you know, kind of building that confidence in, in your clients. Yep, definitely. And I work with, you know, most of my clients are, exec are executives, but a lot of times I'll work with women who are, have been stay-at-home mom, moms for a really long time, and they're not sure, you know, styles have changed so much. They may have been home for four, five, six years, and now they're ready to get back out there. And sometimes working in it with an image consultant can give them that extra boost to kind of get back out there and feel confident and, and like I said, go for the golden dreams. Awesome. And you actually studied this at the London Image Institute. What was image consulting school like? Yeah, I did. I um, I am a, a lifelong educator to my husband's dismay. I love, you know, I just love to get certifications and go to seminars and that's just my thing. And uh, I really, I felt like and again, this wasn't about fashion for me. I wanted to make sure that I was giving my clients truly great information. So it, this was a 10-day um, training class from 8 in the morning till 5 in the afternoon, like all day, uh, that I did with um, the woman who is actually the most recent president of the American, um, I'm sorry, the Association of International Image Consultants. She's this little English woman, and uh, her company was founded in London. But she runs seminars literally all over the world. So she trains in 
everywhere from Shanghai to New York to Australia. And I was lucky enough and make, I really wanted to make the investment for my clients. So I went for a weekend. It was a lot of fun. It was hard, much harder work than I anticipated. Like really, um, um, most of our time was spent on the understanding color psychology, working with color on the skin, hair, eyes, working on silhouettes. So we didn't go to shop until the very last day. Um, wow. Most of it was like, you know, learning about the, the process of them consulting and, you know, creating a cohesive look for our clients. So it was a lot of fun, in, a lot more intense than I anticipated, but a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds really intense. Yeah. So you were also recently featured in an article in Voyage MIA magazine. Congratulations. Yeah. A Thank great artist. Thank you. Um, and I want to quote um, the article. It says that you have the ability to marry your client's style with their message. Can you tell me about that process? Yeah, I like I said, I've been really blessed from my background in corporate to work with a lot of women that are either executives or they've you know, they're seasoned entrepreneurs and they're really looking to up-level their game. So whether that's starting to go to, to speak, starting to sit on boards, and I want to make sure that I make them feel more comfortable and not uncomfortable. And I'll give you an example. So I would never meet with a client that, that are very casual, in general, or boho chic, and put her in a corporate suit. That's going to make her feel so out of course with herself. So I really try to hone in on getting to know them. I meet with them more than one time. I go in their closets because we often say, no, this is my style. And then I go in there and it's like, no, that may be the style yeah. you want, but that's not the style you are today, which is fine, and help them kind of make that transition. And I also, again, a lot of my clients are speakers, so I'll listen to them on stage. I, I'll watch the way they move. You know, I can, I can always tell if someone's more of a, a pants woman or a you know a skirt and dress girl and all of those things are important because it's all about confidence and how yeah. you walk and stand and sit on stage so it's really marrying all that to make sure they get a great look tanya that all sounds great but the the thought of somebody looking through my closet <laughs> frightens me do you find that women give you a little bit of resistance in that area and how do you kind of navigate around that hmm you know actually no most of them if they've come to me, they're ready to make a change. They're ready. And, oh, they're not yeah. going to make it on their own, right? So um, the resistance is really in them being forthright with themselves about their style personality. That's the first step is like, okay, what is your style personality? Because we all have one. And I've been in the business long enough to kind of get people and like, yep, that's your style personality. But it's always really interesting to hear what you tell me your style personality is. Because I give them an overview. And they're like, no, 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 I'm classic. No, no, I'm absolutely classic. And I'm like, classic and classy are two different things. Um, you, you may be very classy, but you're not a classic dresser. Mm -hmm. And so it's getting them to like be comfortable in their own skin. And I think they leave me understanding that they can be exactly who they are and still get that confidence and look amazing in what is comfortable for them. So what it really comes down to is educating them. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, I think women, we always get caught up in other women. Like, it's just part of our, our nature. So between, you know, looking through Facebook book feeds and swiping through Instagram and every influencer and every blog, fashion blogger looks like they just stepped off a runway. I think those are added pressures on women to kind of 
morph into something that they're not. So my business has actually been really growing. And I think that's because women are finally coming to understand that they don't want to look like another woman, but they want to be, they want to be authentic to themselves, but still look great doing it. And, and that process, that dance that we do of, you know, identifying their style personality, having them let go of things that no longer suit them. Because sometimes it's like, you are never going to wear those skinny jeans anymore. And who cares? Like, who cares? The college jeans? Yes. And it's okay. Like, let's get you something that is going to make you look amazing, feel amazing, and most, most importantly, fits into the lifestyle you have right now. Sure. That makes sense. And how do you go about develop, developing their sense of style in the long term? Because, I mean, as much as I'm sure they'd love to have you in their back pocket all the time, right. kind of telling them, you know, at some point you kind of like have to release them. What's that like? Um, I think a lot of, and you and I talked about this a second ago, a lot of it is about education. So I want my clients to feel confident going into a store and shopping. It's about educating them on their silhouette, educating them on colors that work for them. There are some seasons when I don't shop because I know I'm crystal clear on what colors work for me. And some seasons, the colors, the colors that work well for me and my color palette are not available. You know, because every season, fall and spring, it's always something different. So helping them really to understand that um, and helping the, the mall get smaller for them and the designers get smaller for them because we all can't shop everywhere. I know the, you know, advertisers would like us to think that, but most of the time, there's only three or four stores that really work for us. They've got our style, they've got our designers, they've got our style, their si our sizes. So getting them, to, you know, educating them on what works for them so that they can shop on their own is something I really pride myself on. Like, I don't want them to call me for everything. They can call me as long as they want, but I want them to feel confident that now they know what looks, you know, what, what jeans work best for them, you know, what top work, all of those things. It's all about education for me with my clients. Right. Now, what would you, what advice would you give to someone um, who is trying to develop their own sense of style? Um, not so much maybe a client, but yeah. not so much a client, but maybe, you know, just someone listening, you know, who maybe wants to get into, yeah. into uh, and wants to develop their image. Yeah. I think um, the first thing is to be clear on where you spend you know, I say 60%, 60 to 80% of your time. So if you know that most of my day is spent at work, I'm a working mom, I need more clothes in that area than in the other. So I start there with kind of what they really need. And then secondly, um, I talk to them about, you know, what direction you want to go in. Are you doing more speaking? Are you moving from maybe, you know, a graphic designer, and now you're going to be the head of the VP of marketing. You know, where is your life going? Let's start there. And then put your magazines and pull things and pull people that you admire. You know, um, if you like the style of Michelle Obama, pull, pull photos of her, her look, and try to recreate them. And you can recreate them from vintage or going to high-end stores, whatever works in your budget. But try to recreate those styles. Um, you know, you have to be careful with finding someone someone with your body silhouette, right? So there are certain designers that I know I can't wear. So like Kendall Jenner is probably five feet, five or six inches taller than me and she's still like tall. Like we could never wear the same clothes. That doesn't mean that she can't inspire me in jewelry or color or other things. 
but really try to find somebody that's your, that's your body silhouette, someone that you really admire. This is a perfect mommy moment. So, Dolly and I have been trying to schedule this forever. I am sitting, if you could see this place, in an office space at my daughter's volleyball uh, practice because she has practice for two hours right after I leave work. Um, so this is the perfect mommy yep. moment. We all work play Uber, so this is perfect. So anyway, there's some little ones here whose moms have brought them as well, and they're having a little game over there. So that's the background noise, but I know all you moms out there totally get it, totally get it. That's right, and and that actually segues perfect into my next question. You seem to have it all: successful career, oh. a loving family, you're pursuing your passion. And, you know, but according to the article, there was a time where you experienced a lot of self-doubt. Um, tell me, how did you overcome that? Sorry. Um, yeah, I, you know, when I was looking to really not only launch my own business, but as you said, pursue your passion, I have been, I built a really successful communications career and marketing career. And there were people in my life who were very well-meaning, but who said to me, you know, why would you want to make that change? Like, you're doing so well. And that was, um, that was a little disheartening. And it also placed fear and insecurity that was always already there um, when you're looking to make a change. So that made me think twice. And then I did think, well, wow, if I walk away, will I have an opportunity to go back, um, what are my peers going to think about me if I make this change, my peers and other professionals? And there was a lot of, um, I did have moments of self-doubt in if I could be successful and, and the noise that I would hear if I wasn't. And finally, I realized that as long as my, my husband and my closest friends were supporting what I did, I had to do what I felt like God was telling me to do and and, and live my what I hope is my what I hope is my best life by um by pursuing something that I was passionate about and giving it a try. But it was definitely not easy to do. Um and I think I got through that by being by making sure that I had training and feeling confident in my training. Um by surrounding myself with like minded people. So there was a time when a lot of my not a lot of my friends, but you know, my friends who were kind of the the doubters, I had to kind of put them on mute for a little bit so I could surround myself with people that were entrepreneurs and were on that same journey with me and really, you know, stepping out on faith and stepping out on their own experience. Um, so that really helped a lot. And then prayer, like I really was prayerful and thoughtful when I made the decision, the decision to make a change and um, stepped on, on faith after a lot of, a lot of conversations with God, I decided to step on faith, but it wasn't an overnight for me. Yeah. Sure, sure. But definitely having that support system, you know, yes. a prayer, having faith in God. And I like yes. what you said about muting <laughs> the naysayers. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's sometimes almost, we need to discern. Yes, right? You know, remember, as we were talking about social media, there's so many voices. Like, when you think of all the different, gosh, voices and people that speak into your life, like, sometimes when you have a big goal, you got to cut those people out you can only listen to the people that are going to be truly supportive because we, we we have enough negative self-talk on our own right without outsiders piling on so i had to learn you know to do that fantastic 
Um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about building a professional network. Um, in an age when we seem to have everything, you know, at our fingertips, why is this so important? And what advice do you have for women wanting to, you know, kind of build on their professional network? You know, I um, I started thinking about this years ago. So I thankfully I worked in a, a couple of corporations, and they always had board of directors. And a couple of years ago, I started talking to my branding clients about, we all need a personal board of directors. We all need a group of people with, um, with diversity of thought, you know, um, diverse experiences, skill sets that we don't have to help us navigate, manage our, manage our careers, and certainly launch businesses, right? So I always, I say, you know, it's a 70-30 rule because as a busy mom, I know when I talk to moms, they're like, build your own network. Like, I haven't, I need another thing to do, right? I don't think it should be separate. I think dedicating the time to building a network is, is really part of your job. I think 30% of your time should be spent on that. Um, so it's going to live meetings, you know, not just, you know, talking to people on the phone. It's going to live networking functions once a month. It's, um, you know, sitting on boards, so you build, not even boards, or committees, you know, professional committees, so that you build groups. Sitting on community boards, whatever it takes to get face-to-face -face time, because I think that's still where the real magic happens, of brainstorming, of being able to pick up the phone and ask for something, or ask for support, is having a relationship. It's really difficult to do, you know, to ask somebody for support when you, you don't talk to them, you don't know them, there's no rapport there. Yeah. Um, I think people want to help you 99% of the time, but you, you, you're more afraid to make that phone call to a stranger, you know, but you'll make that phone call if it's somebody you have a monthly lunch with at a meeting or that you, or that you set up um, a, a regular uh, tea with or coffee, you're much more likely to ask that person for help and support. And quite honestly, they're much more likely to help you. And also, too, it's a give and take. So it's not so much what you need from them, but also what value, you know, can I provide to my Absolutely. network as well? Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things I say, too, is like, don't, I think that young people suffer from this a lot. You know, we've had longer careers. So we feel like we have so much to provide. And we can think of probably five, four or five things that we can give to someone that we want to be a mentor to us or support us. But for young people, I you know, always tell them, we all have a story. We all have experiences that no one else has. And when you go to that meeting, you know, say, is there anything, sometimes it's just asking, is there anything that I can do to support your goals? Oh, I like that. I love easy. that. It's easy. And let me tell you, I learn a lot from young people. You oh, know? my God. They keep me in the know. <laughs> Absolutely. About, I mean, that's how I learned social media was working with students. Like, yeah. that's how I the social media business. It's not, uh, it was not natural to me. It was literally forced. They were like, it's now on your phone. Yeah. Um, yep. So from young people, just diverse people in general, like people with different experiences than you have, all of those are different networks that you can cultivate. Sure. I love that. That's really, really, really good advice about building a network. Um, Tanya, you have so many responsibilities and projects. Right now, you're at your daughter's volleyball practice, for crying out loud. How do you keep a positive mindset amidst everything that you have going on at once? Well, truthful moment. I had a complete meltdown today. So this was oh. a great day to ask me that. Um, Thanks for your I transparency. Yeah, I was, I was 
completely overwhelmed with my schedule for the week and the weekend. Um, I wasn't able to work in my business in the way that I planned on for the week. So that always gives, makes me feel like, ah, I didn't do the, the three steps that I needed to do. And I have a, um, I have an accountability partner, partner that I work, work with every week. We meet for just 30 minutes. Like these are things you have to do. And I had like done nothing. So I was feeling like really defeated. And I, I text a girlfriend who's on the same journey and said, I'm really having a sucky day. Like, this happened, this happened. I don't feel like God is listening to me. I mean, I was really like open with her. And it was, she immediately responded. It was like, not only am I going to pray, pray for you, she named like three or four things that I'd done well, which made me think differently and kind of change, shift my focus. Um, and then she was so sweet. She sent me a, a $12 gift card for, for Starbucks. And she's like, I want you to go there today and I want you to envision yourself living the life you want to live. I want you to spend 30 minutes. It was like completely changed my attitude. So I think, again, that network of women, I think, you know, we can't do, we can't be super women. Like I hate that title. And when people say that, I'm like, okay, you do that because I'm not going to be that. Like I need help. You know how much I love girlfriends. You are one of them. You know how much I love and try to support my girlfriends. I think you have to have those women that you can call and just be like, today is a bad day. I am no judgment. <laughs> no, I am tired. I've got to be the Uber driver tonight for like four hours. I'm going to jump back on the computer at 11 o'clock. I'm not feeling 100%. We, we need to be able to have those moments and have people around us be like, you got this. Here's something, the simplest thing, make you feel better. And um, it was like, I'm, I'm thankful to have all those women in my life that I can do that with. A strong support a network of yep. support. Yep, yep. Yep. And then and then the other thing is just plugging in every single day, whatever it is for you. Like I try I get up every morning, I use the Bible app and I'm just like before I, I listen to everything else, like let me see what God says to me today. And like I said, whatever that is for you, if it's meditation, just try to block out the voices for at least the first fifteen minutes of your day so that you can set yourself up for success. I'm amazed that um that people just turn on their phones. I was, I think I would have a, a nervous breakdown if the first thing I did every morning was just to go to Facebook or look through my email. I would like have a total breakdown. I don't know how no, that's why there's so many people walking around so stressed out. Yeah. I myself, first thing I do is meditate in the morning. Yeah. Husband and I, we meditate together, you yeah. know, valuable yeah. time. So, yeah. yeah. Tanya, so when you were 28 years old, you learned a valuable lesson when someone near and dear to you died suddenly. Do you care to share those details? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, someone died in my life that was very un- unexpected, literally, um, literally dropped dead of a heart attack, young, 30 years old, like gone. And um, it was devastating. It was absolutely devastating. I wasn't sure where I was going to go from there. And uh, was it a friend or a family? It was actually um, a a gentleman that I was thinking about marrying at the time. Was a relationship that we've been together for four years. So it was a really, and it was totally sudden. It was like fine one day and literally gone the next day. And um, my, I was really walking around kind of like a zombie for for a good four or five months. I was just going through the motions, um, 
and you know, I'm a dress up girl. Like it, you would not see me dressed up. I was not getting nails done. It was just, I was really just trying to get through every single day. And two people intervened uh, in my life that kind of changed that. The first one was one day, I think my dad, it just, I think it was out of his frustration. Uh, he was trying to help so much and trying to get me up. And this particular day was just a really hard day. But he stopped me and he said, you're still here. And he said, I need you to understand that every day that you, every day from this point on that you decide to wallow in this is a decision that you are making. And at the time it was really, I felt like it was mean and unfeeling and uncaring, but I learned that he was saying that every day that you get up is your decision to make it a great day or make it a miserable day. Empowerment. And uh, he was like, and he's like, I'm not going to push. You decide however you're going to move forward. Um, and he's like, and I'll be here to support you. But I do want you to know that today is it. Like you need to decide if you're going to have a great life and move forward or stay here. And it wasn't an immediate reaction, but probably about a week later, I started to say, you know, I, he's right. I have got to figure out a way to have a great life moving forward. And that meant therapy, that meant giving myself time, that meant being okay with having one bad day, but not allowing one bad day to turn into a month. Um, that. And then the other one that, um, the other person that really blessed me was a woman that had gone through the same thing. I've not, never, never met her to this day. Uh, she was told to call me by another good friend. And um, she said, Tanya, when things happen like this, you have to remember it's like a fact right? And right now you have the backpack on your chest. She's like, in a couple of weeks, um, in a couple of months, that backpack is going to be on your side. Still not the right place to carry it. And in a couple of years, you're going to find that that backpack is on your back. It may mm. never go away, but you'll be able to stand up straight and move through life and carry that with you and be a blessing to someone else for it. And those two pieces of advice, um, pretty close together, so I know God had orchestrated them. Um, didn't snap me out of, you know, the depression I was in, but it certainly got me thinking about how I could manage my mindset, my attitude, and the rest of my life forward. And I don't know if that would have changed if those two kind of tough lessons hadn't come to me in the way that they did, and when they did. That's very, very good advice. I love that, yeah. especially the yeah. part about empowerment, because, you know, it goes to show that we can choose to be a victim or we can choose to live in victory. I mean, yep. it's a choice. Yeah. yeah. And you've seen people, um, unfortunately, do it, who you meet them and, you know, they're depressed about things that have happened to them 10 years yeah. ago. And I know there's real depression. Just talking about it and still talking and, and about there's, it. Yeah. And then there's wallowing in. And I think we, you know, you have to make a decision that, yeah, this is going to be difficult, but I'm going to figure out how to wait a way to, you know, go to therapy or do what I need to do to get past it um, so that I can live my life. Right. Because, you know, that's an interesting thing. You know, you can choose to live and wallow in that sadness. And you know what? It becomes part of your personality. Like, oh, yeah, that's a sad girl. That's a depressed yep. girl. Is that right. who you want to be? Or do yep. you want to be the person? You know what I mean? It's like you almost have to create your reality. Yeah. And I, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. Fake, fake it till you make it in a positive way. You know, like do something, tap, you know, mine was little steps, like 
going to get my nails done. And I know that sounds little, but for me, a person who's always nails done here, like it was a little step, but it was a step, you know, making sure that I connected, reconnected with friends. Like, okay, I don't want to go out, but I'll go for coffee. Let's, you know, getting out of the house. It's like yeah, steps, little steps. baby steps. Yep, so you'll baby. Find, you find, okay, I'm me again. Great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've done three great things for myself three days in a row. Sometimes it's that small that, you know. Yeah, you know, that's a good point because sometimes, you know, when, it, like, for example, somebody experiences loss, I don't think that sense of sadness will ever truly go away, you know, right. because obviously right. you lost somebody near and dear, you know. Yeah. Um, but to expect somebody to, to, to be themselves again, you know, within a, a specified time frame. I don't think that's realistic. But if you just yeah. tell them, it's okay, you know what I mean? You can grieve, yeah. you can take your time, but then you slowly come out of it. Hey, progress is progress, right? That's right, that's right. And, you know, we put this, that pressure on ourselves, too. I think as a society, we are such a microwave, you know, society. And I had people say, like, okay, like, it's been six months. Like, you know, yeah. move on. <laughs> and, it is, it is the, and mine is just one example. Just think about divorce. Think about mm. someone who loses a parent. All of those things, you do mm -hmm. carry them with you, and you mm. have to give yourself grace and time to like feel and go through um, those things. And sometimes it takes, you know, it takes months and time, and that's okay. And that's okay, absolutely. Okay, so Tanya, I like to ask certain questions of each guest because part of the experience for our listeners is to help, you know, women to awaken their unique gifts and talents that might have been stifled some adversity or other experience um yep. what do you have and we kind of talked about this earlier a little bit but maybe you know expand on a daily habit or a practice practice that you credit um to helping you in your success yep um like i said my the first thing i do is pull out my bible app for me it's just something i needed to kind of get me focused to I think it helps me think about something greater than myself too, because sometimes I think I get in my own head about my accomplishments and what I've done, like we all do. And it keeps me, I try, I think it keeps me out of ego a little bit. Um, I work out pretty regularly. Right now I'm working out, you know, five or six days a week. And I just think that's an amazing stress reliever. And another way for you to just focus in on yourself. Um, I read, uh, I should share this with you. I read this Facebook message from a mom the other day that was just having a, she was basically like, yep, as women were asked to have a baby, go back to work in six weeks, make it to the corporate level, you know, please our husbands in every way possible, look like, you know, look like Beyonce. That wasn't her word. She was just like, the list of things that we are required to do is like unbelievable. And I feel like we need to start taking that time for ourselves, you know, even if it's 30 minutes, and maybe it's not working out, maybe it's just walking around your block, so you can tune everything out and just listen to birds, listen, you know, like you said, almost like a form of meditation, like you do, do some kind of form, some form of meditation, so those are the two things that keep me grounded, and then um, I have a weekly accountability call, it's not every day, but I have a weekly accountability call, and that's been really helpful, too, to help me kind of focus in on what I need to be doing, and um, and being accountable to getting it done, you know, by somebody else has been really helpful for me. For sure. That's great. Um, how does someone tap into their unique gifts and talents in order to live a more meaningful life? I mean, that's something that you were able to do. Obviously, we talked about the support that you have. 
you know, what, what if someone's out there, they're, they're just feeling like blah, you know, basically with life. They don't like their job. They don't like their life. Like, how do they come to find what, what is their uniqueness? What is their unique superpower, if you will? Yeah. I think one way to do that is just to think about, like, really get some quiet time and think about what would I do if money were no object? And I know that sounds like, I know a number of people say that. Right? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's not that thing, but maybe it's something that might complement that that you end up doing. So that would be the first thing. Like, what do you just love? Like, you, you, when you and I started this call, you were talking about how um, you really love podcasting. And it's your thing. And you get up early in the morning to do it. You do it late at night. I'm sure you've been lost in your office working on something for four hours and you've been like, oh my God, it's been four hours. I, I was only in here for an hour. That's what I mean. It doesn't be, have to be something that yeah. changes the world. It can be gardening. Can be whatever your thing is, I think it's important to think about what would I do? What would I love to do my time? What kind of time pass quickly? How does right. time, what do I do where time just goes by? I would start there. And then the other thing I did is just try things like have, try different things. You know, I knew that I wanted to do something that kind of complemented my background and experience in PR and communication. Because at my core, I think I'm a communicator and writer and image consulting is just another expression of that, right? So I've kind of explored a lot of things. Um, now I did, and I know everybody doesn't have the money to do this, but I did hire a career coach to help me explore what I like to do um, and figure that out. And I, I maybe landed on image consulting, but I really, I, I, I wanted to invest. I wanted to make a team, but there are lots of books. Swing Finder is one. It's like 20 bucks um, that yep. will help you find the really things that you're like. Yeah, so there's lots of resources that are free that you can that you can get from the library to check out to help you explore what you're passionate about and how you can make a living out of that passion. And sometimes it's not even sometimes it's not even living your job. I think this this 24-hour work culture that we live in now doesn't allow us to invest in our personal lives like we used to. Sometimes it's like I just need to to learn how to shut off so that I can become an amateur film critic because I love to go to the movies or I need to learn to my last email I'm sending out at 6.30 or 6 o'clock and the rest of my evening I am going to spend you know working out whatever it is whatever your thing is reading or like I said gardening whatever it is but sometimes it's just finding your sometimes finding your passion can help you more like your job Right. You feel more settled because you have more, I don't like the word, word balance, but you're, you're investing in your, your own interest and passion and not just leaving it all at work, which we often do. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what I'm hearing also, some of the themes is, you know, kind of spend that time with yourself to get to really know yourself. What do you really, truly enjoy? And, yeah. you know, I, I personally think that one of the ways to do that as well is the meditation, you know, and having that, that own personal time away from everything, because we give so much of ourselves as women, and I think we get lost in that, and, and we forget who we are. We yeah, completely. we do, and it's different stages too, right, because I am absolutely not the person that I was at 29, 
at 30 and like we we change but we 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 never look at ourselves anew and say hey what do i what do i like now how has my life changed you know um we get so caught up in making sure that our husbands are successful making sure that our kids are successful making sure that our work projects are successful that just the baseline of that am i happy am i healthy um do i have anxiety we don't even take the time to ask ourselves those questions and i think right. if we take time we will it will help us be a better person and support for everyone else we'll have more to give absolutely um tanya who do you look up to who inspires you oh my gosh um I am very lucky to be born into, I would say my mom first, but in addition to that, I grew up in a small town and my mom and all of my aunties were nearby. So my mother has, my dad has two sisters that I was very close to and my mom has four sisters, all very strong, very different personalities. And I can remember everything from watching them get dressed to go out, watching them go to work that just was like, Oh, I can do this. And there were so many different personalities for me to look to that it really gave me, I think, a strong sense of self. So I would say, um, my family, my mom and my family, my woman and my family first. And then um, the other person I would say is this is a tie between um, Oprah and Michelle Obama because I think, oh, yeah. like, it's a toss up. You can't choose one of them. I think they, the, my, my last guess said both of them too. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the level of class and grace sure. and that they share and in intelligence. Intelligence <laughs> and and fun is just I think such a, an example for all women to look to that I have to give it a toss up. I really do. You know, for you've sure. got one great example of a single, a single woman who, well, even though she's, I know she's in a long, a forever relationship, but like right. a single woman who's done it. And then you've got a woman who's shown you how sometimes women, we have to step back, make yeah. sure our kids are okay. But now look at her, her career that's like skyrocketing now that she's done that. So oh, both of them are just, just great examples on so many levels. So many levels. Okay. Totally agree. Totally yep. agree. What do you think this world needs more of? I think that the world needs more kindness. And I think, I know that sounds like a, you know, a, um, a cliche that you would, you would say if you were in a pageant. But I mean <laughs> that we would just take a moment, just a minute to think about yeah. someone's circumstance. You yeah. know, the person that cut you off, like, they may be really in a hurry. They might lose their job. Yeah. If another day you know um the woman who is trying to move up, up the corporate ladder you don't know what her background was maybe she was first in family in college and getting this job she may be the sole breadwinner like you don't know what someone's stories story is so i think if we could just take a minute and just be like let me just take a minute to be kind to this person it might change it'll certainly change the way you feel for sure but it also may change the way they react to the rest of the world. It would just take a minute to be a little bit more kind. Absolutely. I could not agree more. I mean, you just never know what somebody is going through in their life. And 
and you know vice versa like you know sometimes we're going through something and you know we have to put ourselves in the other person's shoes like how, how would we feel when we're feeling that way you know how do we want to be treated you know yeah. absolutely I, I completely yeah. agree there was a, um, another um, Facebook message the other day about these a group of boys. They were like college students, some boys. I'm sorry, they're probably men. But they, were, yeah. they looked like they were college students, and they were at a restaurant, and there was an older woman, a really older woman. She looked like she may be in her 70s or 80s sitting alone. And he said he kept staring at her, and he decided to go over and be kind and sit with her, and he found out that the next day was her wedding anniversary. And she was just coming in, like, and he invited her to have to have dinner with the with the boys and she agreed and I was like wow what a great example of like it didn't cost them anything it didn't you know it didn't mess up their night and he said in that exchange he learned so much so I was like wow that's what I mean that example of like that's just a kind thing to do is to see a woman sitting alone and be like hey would you like to join us would you like to come over and she did and there was a yeah. beautiful exchange you know little things like that not yeah. big things little things yeah, and to think that college, you know, young kids yeah. should that. that's even more heartwarming, you know? Yeah, exactly. We had a, a pastor come to our church last year that talked about, um, he said that their initiative for the year was tiny miracles. And I was like, man, if we could all, you know, all of us want to be world changers, but man, if we could always be like, all be like, today I'm going to do a tiny miracle. Like, I'm going to give somebody my parking spot or, you know, help a lady put her, um, her uh, stroller in the car because I see her with two kids and a little thing. Man, wouldn't yeah. it be like? Can you imagine though that in South Florida they'd be like, "What do you want? Get away from me!" Exactly. Get away. From me. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> no, we have a fun. we have a long way to go, Tanya. This is some baby stuff. Approaching strangers in the parking lot. I don't know if that's gonna go too well, but I get you. And I'm sure Dolly will be able to provide that as well. But that's got all my email address, my phone number on there, and um, also on uh, Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram at I am Tanya Rochelle. I am Tanya Rochelle. That's with two yep. L's, right? Yes, Perfect. two L's. Yep. Awesome. And thank you all for tuning in. This is Dolly Duran on Wake Up and Be Awesome. And I leave you with this quote by Tony Robbins that I personally find very motivating. If you do what you've always done, you will get what you've always gotten. Let that sink in, and I wish you all a fabulous week.